I've been married for three and a half years now to my wonderful wife, Sarah. Um, I'm an editor at a TV company in central London, and I work on loads of comedy shows. So I wanted to start us off tonight with some of my favourite Christmas cracker jokes uh, that I've read this year. So here's the first one. Um, What is the most popular Christmas wine? Anyone? It's, I don't like Brussels sprouts. (laughs) We like that one. Here's an easier one, a few of you didn't get that one. What do you get if you cross Santa with a duck? A Christmas quacker. (laughs) Hey, thank you, Matt. Um, And as we're in a church, this is a beautiful church, uh, here's a a more Christmassy one. Uh, How did Mary and Joseph know that Jesus weighed seven pounds, six ounces when he was born? Anyone? They had a way in a manger. Oh, you like that one? That got a good laugh. I know you're all groaning, but I'm sure that in four days' time you'll be sat around the dinner table reciting them. Uh, <laughs> four days till Christmas. Who's excited? Yeah. Who's done all their Christmas shopping? Yeah. Who's still got some to do? Yeah. Who's not even started? Yeah. <laughs> good luck. Um, well, I wanted to just take the next ten minutes to speak to you about, about the first Christmas and how it came for an amazing act of love. So let me read this verse to you. It's from John 3.16. Most of you will know it. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Let me read that again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God sent his son Jesus to us because of love. Over 2,000 years ago, the first Christmas ever came out of an amazing act of love. And I'm sure, I find it fascinating that every advert we see on TV, every bus we see going past in London, every poster we see, is all about showing love to others. The lengths we go to at Christmas are ridiculous. When it comes to gifts, we spend hours, days, sometimes even weeks, choosing the perfect gift for our loved ones. I'm sure most of us, if if not all of us, will overspend on the original budget that we set. I know for me, I'm a sucker for buying one of these for all of our family. For those of you at the back who can't see it, it's a a chocolate Santa. And I I was going to say that they're on the end of every aisle in every supermarket, but in fact I had to search around Morrison's trying to find them just for my example today. But I love buying them just to show my family love, just to show that I was thinking them on top of all the other gifts. For some, the wrapping is just as important as the gift you're giving. Sarah and my wife, she did an art degree, so lots of time and attention is put into how we wrap our presents. We have to put a day aside each year to wrap presents. We did this yesterday, and before I got married, I thought it was as simple as getting some red shiny paper and making it look presentable, because essentially it all just ends up in the bin. However, what I've come to realise through three and a half years of marriage is that is 100% not the case. Wrapping paper is carefully selected, colour coordinating bows are chosen, uh, handmade gift tags are all made, all to essentially end up in the bin. Um, <laughs> but whilst doing this yesterday, and whilst I was only allowed to tie the bows, which had a, a very strict quality control, um, I realised that we're not doing this because of the wrapping, we're doing this to make our families feel extra special. We put time and effort in so that when we give them the gift, it's not just the gift they're excited about, but they're already excited by it's wrapped. And... It's amazing. I I was, even though it it just ends up in the bin, 
Um, and I'm sure, like me, most of you would say that Christmas dinner is the best thing about Christmas. I love it. And uh, recently I've been doing some research about Christmas dinner, and it's not up to dispute that my mum's Christmas dinner is officially the best in the world. Um, <laughs> And I don't know who cooks your Christmas dinner, but I know it's hours and hours of work. It's peeling potatoes, chopping the veg, wrapping sausages in bacon, preparing the turkey, perfecting the Yorkshire pudding recipe to blow Aunt Bessie out of the water. It it takes ages. I even phoned my mum yesterday to say I wanted prunes wrapped in bacon. And I know she'll do it because she wants us all to have the food we like just how we like it. Because she loves us. And... On the first Christmas ever, God wanted to show us love. He went the extra mile for us. He sent his son the ultimate gift, far beyond what any of us deserve. And he sent Jesus to die for us. And Jesus, just like whoever prepares your Christmas dinner, he's gone ahead to prepare a place for us. He says in John that he will go ahead to prepare a place and come back and get us. And then he goes on to say that I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He sent, God sent his son Jesus because he loves us to essentially come and get us so that we can be with him. Now go with me for a second here. Um, Imagine this. The Queen wakes up Christmas morning. Um, Queen of England, she she heads down to the kitchens in Buckingham Palace and she starts preparing Christmas dinner. So that's chopping the veg, preparing the stuffing, wrapping sausages in bacon, perfecting the Yorkshire pudding recipe. She bungs it all in the oven and then she starts setting the placemat. She puts the knives and forks out, the crackers, the the wine glasses and then she heads out onto the streets of London. Imagine this. She comes up to you and says, I'm not going to do an impression. It'll be too embarrassing for us. Um, she says do you want to come for lunch and I think the ridiculousness of it would completely shock you I think for me I'd be looking around waiting for Ant and Deck to pop out and say I'm on Saturday night takeaway or something but the ridiculousness of, uh, would shock us but at that moment we would have to make a decision yes or no are we going to go for lunch with the Queen and it's a little bit like what God has done for us he sent his son Jesus the ultimate gift with the ultimate message, essentially the ultimate invite, saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I know my example of the Queen is a bit far-fetched, but I want to share with you what God has done for us, which, to be honest, I think is even more ridiculous. God sent his son Jesus to this earth to be born in a stable, laid in a manger, which is essentially a feeding trough, He was born into a family on the breadline. He was often homeless and often had no money. And it's it's not a desirable life for anyone, let alone Jesus, who was the Son of God. And because he was God's Son, he he could have been got out of this at any moment in time. It wasn't a sporadic decision. 700 years before Jesus was born, it says this in Isaiah. It says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And she will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, for those of you who don't know, means God with us. God sent his son to be with us. He doesn't need us. He wants to be with us. Jesus was sent to come and get us. And working in central London, I see lots of people around. And most people's lives are all about being number one. Lots of people aspire to that or would like to be in that situation where it's about earning as much money, having the best stuff, eating the finest food, all just 
essentially it's a selfish lifestyle. They're often looking for quick fixes, whether that's money, whether that's sex, whether that's alcohol, maybe it's even a shopping spree. And it's all ways that many of us will choose, and in some ways I do, that we turn from God and try and make it our own. We search for fulfilment in things which we will never find fulfilment in. And the, the punishment from God for, for, doing, for turning from him is death. But fortunately for us, Jesus has taken that punishment for those who follow him. How Jesus died was the most painful, shameful and gruesome way of dying. Being nailed to a cross was reserved for the worst kind of criminals. And Jesus was a man who had never done anything wrong. He'd never turned from God. He'd never tried to find fulfilment in other things. And he was punished like this for us. He was sacrificed for us. And Jesus dying, it's dying because he loves us is amazing. Um, and lots of people have died for people that they love. But the most amazing bit about Jesus' story, which I'm sure many of you will know, is that three days after he died and was buried, God made him alive again. All the things that, that we do wrong, the ways we turn from God, the way we search for fulfilment in other things, Jesus had taken the blame for it all. And he turns around and he invites us to follow him. And Jesus Christ was sacrificed and invites us because he loves us. Let me read the verse I started with. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. I don't know how you do your Christmases, and I don't know the ridiculous things that you do for the ones you love. But I'm 100% confident that the ridiculous thing that God has done for us is even greater. And he sent his son Jesus to die for us and invites us to follow him. And the question I want to put to, to all of us is, Will you follow him? Will you accept his invitation? Yes or no? Um, the guys are going to come and sing a song for us now. And I'd love us to take this, this chance to just think about what I've said. Um, for those of you who maybe want to accept that invitation today, it says in the Bible that those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you could take this opportunity. Um, for those of you who follow Jesus, why don't we take this as an opportunity to remember all that God has done for us. And for those of you who aren't followers of Jesus at the moment, it's it's amazing to have you here and we're so grateful for you to be here. And if you've got some more questions, please come and speak to any of the guys you've seen up the front here. We'd love to uh, talk to you. And I'd love to invite you if you've got some more questions. We we run an alpha course and there's some leaflets at the back on a a table which with a plant on. And if you could grab grab an invite, um, it starts in January and we'd love to have you there. It's an opportunity to ask loads of questions about what God has done, who Jesus is, why did he die? And it would be great to have you here. So as we sing this song, let's just remember what God has done. I'm going to pray, and then if the band can play, that would be great. God, I thank you that you love this world so much that you sent your only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God, and I pray that this Christmas, as we go the extra mile for the ones that we love, that we would remember the extra mile that you went for us more than any of us do for all of the ones that we love. God, I thank you for everyone in this room and that you love each and every one of them. In Jesus' name, amen.